the 20th for the young adults, 7 o'clock. Don't forget that. WMU meeting January 21st at 6. That's on a Sunday. And then men's devotion night, Friday, February the 2nd at 6.30 in the fellowship hall. And uh, then mark your calendars. We put it down there. The spring revival and Bible exposition conference is March 10th through the 15th. We're looking forward to that as well. And then to kick off that, the Nottingham Four, you might have saw this, has just made an announcement. They are having a 50th uh, anniversary co uh, uh, concert that will be here, and that will be on March the 9th on Saturday evening with the Nottingham Four and the Mark Trammell Trio. So that's going to be a great concert. We're really looking forward to that, uh, and it is just going to be a great time. All right, at this time we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. Kurt, would you ask the blessing on the offer? text this morning, uh, I'm sure a couple of us got it, uh, from a fella here in church, and he was just in his devotion, and, and just sent out a text just encouraging us about having our heart right this morning as we come to worship the King of Kings, and then I have a couple preachers that I like to listen to, and a couple of them recently that I really like, I like them because of the, I, I can just, when they preach, I can feel the passion that they have and it and, and just that I mean the words I mean I mean they preach the Bible of course but the passion that they have I feel it and I recognize in me that I want that I want to be passionate 
about a God who gave his son for us, about, about a God who laid down his life for a miserable, wretched, old nobody like, like me. And they got to preaching after that. They got that text and then that, the preaching. They were going through a study on Revelation and they were talking about, you know, the end times. Times are getting darker. And it's just time for the church to get serious. It's time for the church not to be worried about your dishwasher breaking and all these silly things that come into our life that the devil puts in there to distract us from what the main thing is. And we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And we hear that things all the time, but we just never put those things into practice. God is worthy of our praise. We can at least give him an hour or two this morning just to put our minds focused on him and to thank him for his goodness and his grace and his mercy in our life. And as I was listening to that, he was giving his invitation. Man, I just couldn't help but to start crying and tears just flowing. Just thinking about how good God is and how unworthy that I am. So as we sing this last verse, I hope you didn't show up this morning and you're already thinking about what you're eating for lunch and who's going to play the football game and all that stuff will happen. But while we're here, we have met to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Savior. Here we go. Sisters, will you join and help us, Moses? of how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to
know if any of you guys know this chorus, but Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. Jesus. Go ahead.
a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's face. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood and God saved. Since then I'm walking forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken at last. I got saved. I've tested and tasted your grace. I was so lost till I fell at the cross and God saved. same old road for miles and miles you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside there's a better life there's a better life you've got
We've all searched for light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know that just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a pain maker. If you need freedom, He's a chain
that I could tell All that you've healed, all that you've done I can't forget So even if my life doesn't go The way I planned or how I'd hoped Our history has shown You've never failed me Come up here too. I'm just going to follow the, what the Lord's telling me to do this morning. Come on. If you don't know Brittany, this is Brittany. To, well, yeah, sorry. That was obvious, wasn't it? She's Brittany Jennings, you know, all that to me. And now she's Brittany Wadsworth. And this guy right here, I'll tell you what, the Lord's been using him in her life and their life. And Brittany's had to face a ton of medical issues and problems and she's been through it we visited her in the hospital many times where we weren't sure what the outcome was going to be and uh and we've just been praying for her she's going to be spending some time away from her church family she's going to be able to get a transplant and she's been on the list and we're thanking the lord for that yeah. and it's been an answer to prayer just that but because of that and all that's going to go on, she's going to be spending some time away from us. We understand that. She can't get sick, and uh, you guys are a bunch of sickly people out there. <laughs> no, all joking aside, I'm telling you, the Lord is amazing how he provides and, and uh, all of this. this. Brittany's always had a desire to serve the Lord, even though she's been sick. And uh, she wanted always to teach and do things. And then God brought her a man who wants to serve the Lord too. Yeah. And put them together. And they are a huge blessing in this church. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I don't want to 
do things out of turn, but I feel like we ought to just gather around Brittany today and pray for her. Uh, and so if y'all would, could just go right down there with your, with your mom and them, all right? And as many as would this, this morning, let's just gather around them and let's pray and lift them up. If you don't know them, you don't got to come. Don't worry about that. But I know there's a lot that want to be praying for them and lifting them up. So let's gather around them. There's no right or wrong way. You can kneel. You can stand. Just get close. Be praying for them. If you know around here, we can all pray at the same time and God can hear us. But I'm going to lead and just, just pray and call out to the Lord for Brittany today. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We are thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who saw fit, dear God, to put us in the family of God. Dear God, inside of that family, we love and we care for each other. We lift up burdens one with another. Dear God, we come today, this morning, on behalf of Brittany. Dear God, what a privilege it is to serve in the family of God, to minister to families, to see them grow, to see how you do certain things in their life that you would never expect. Dear God, how you take terrible situations sometimes and turn it out for good, how you just keep proving yourself over and over. Dear God, as we kept hearing the reports from Brittany and things kept getting worse, but yet, dear God, you kept moving in a direction that we didn't expect. And now she's ready and has all these things lined up to receive a transplant and to, to get what she needs for her body. Dear Lord, we do pray that you, being the great physician, would be a part of every aspect of it. That, dear God, that you would guide the doctor's hands as they work on her. We're thankful for them, their skill, their ability, their talent, that they use it in the way they do. But guide them as they work on one of your children. We pray, dear God, as she recovers from that surgery, that everything would go well. We pray that she would uh, uh, have no problems rejecting and, and everything would go well. We pray that she'd stay healthy during that time. Dear Lord, what a blessing it is in her life to have people like Ben, who's been so faithful, no matter what, to be right by her side and to take care and make sure that she has what she needs. What a blessing that is. Dear God, we're so thankful for his testimony here at our church, for Donnie and Sonia, dear God, as they pray and take care and do whatever they need to do. Just bless this family in a huge way. But we have to say thank you that you brought them to this place that you have provided all of these things. And so, dear God, we pray that you would just keep doing miracles in Brittany's life. She wants to serve you with her whole life. What a blessing that is. Dear God, we're so thankful for it. Dear God, what a privilege it is to have young people like that in our church and to just see their desire. That doesn't come because because of the programs, it's because the Holy Spirit meets with us. 
and is real and evident and has been evident in their life. Dear God, let the Holy Spirit that's brought them to this place comfort them, guide them, speak peace to their hearts as they go through this time. We love you. We're thankful for your blessings on this place. In your name we pray. Amen. just about all of my life uh, as a matter of fact I can't I can't even remember a time that I was uh, not in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning all right if you have your Bible I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter number 61 uh, the book of Isaiah chapter number 61 just a little bit left for the book of Isaiah as we've done a uh, relatively thorough study of it. We certainly haven't looked at every chapter or, and certainly not every verse, but we've looked at a lot of chapters, we've looked at a lot of verses, and uh, we have um, looked at the major themes of the book, and, uh, and that's been a great help, I hope and pray it has you. Uh, but. Uh, now we're drawing to a close. Uh, this is, there's 66 chapters in the book, and we're up to chapter number 61. And uh, chapter number 61 is a very interesting chapter. It really, really is. And um, it's, a, it's an, also an interesting chapter because it helps us to tie in with several of the things that Michael has been teaching us out of the Minor Prophets. Uh, and uh, this uh, series that he's done through the Minor Prophets has been, been very, very helpful to me. I hope it's been helpful to you, but it's been very helpful. It's been very enlightening. There's been a lot of things uh, in the Minor Prophets that we might not even realize is there uh, until we actually take time to really study it because there usually isn't a whole lot of preaching out of the Minor Prophets. Just every once in a while, preacher will pick a favorite verse and out of one of the minor prophets that's uh, often very well used and, and preach from that. But going into the depths of, of it, 
often don't. And the same is true with the book of Isaiah. There's three or four verses and chapters uh, that are very, very familiar to us. And a lot of preachers preach uh, on those passages of Scripture uh, on a pretty regular basis. But the rest of the book is not always, uh, is not always mentioned. It's not always preached from. So it's good to take the time to go through and get a little broader, fuller view because God doesn't want us just to read a few of the verses in the Bible. God, that's not what the Lord intended. Uh, if he had done that, then the Bible wouldn't be 66 books, right? Uh, God gave us all of the Bible because it is all of the Bible that we need. And uh, so anyway, we're going to look at chapter number 61. This is a fairly well-known passage. It's not extremely well uh, preached like Isaiah 53 or 14, chapter 14 or 53 or 7 or chapter 12. These are some of the chapters that get preached on over and over again. And 60, 61 is not one of those chapters, but it is mentioned more often uh, than some of the other chapters in the book. Uh, and I, I want to bring out a few things today that I, that I hope will be a blessing. I also want to say something else too and um, appreciate the fact that Michael... Uh, was moved to have prayer uh, for Brittany this morning, and uh, uh, and I I am glad uh, to uh, have been her pastor for these years, and had the opportunity to see her grow, uh, and uh, pray for her for certain uh, areas of her life, and and watch the Lord answer her prayers physically. But this I do want to say, okay. I have seen Brittany to church and uh, sometimes even sing in the choir but other times come and just fill her place in the pew when if it had been most of us maybe even any uh, any other one of us we, we wouldn't have been here that day uh, I've seen her come when she was struggling when it was tough for her to get up and get ready. And so when I missed her, I knew he was having a rough time. Because if she could, there was any way she was going to get up and be here. And let me tell you something. That's a blessing to this church. To have someone that dedicated to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that when it is not just uncomfortable but it's painful to be here she gets up and comes so when she's missing these days it's because the doctors tell her she has no choice so let's be here those days maybe once in a while just Come up to this old-fashioned altar. Now, I know we can pray anywhere. I know that. I know that. When my wife was talking to a missionary this morning, that missionary has a great burden on her heart. That missionary told her, she said, I'm going to church this morning so I can walk down the aisle and pray for my friend. Going to church today so I can walk down the aisle, go to the altar, Pray for my friend. And like I said, I know you can pray anywhere. God will hear you anywhere. I believe God's heard me from my, from my old red pickup truck more times maybe than any other single place outside of my home. 
Man, I used to pray a lot in that old red Dodge pickup truck. Drove it for 10 years. Wore it slap out. You could hear the engine knocking. If I were to be at, at Wawa and you were standing in the parking lot and I started it up, you could hear that old engine knocking. And I still hated to get rid of it. <laughs> I loved that old pickup. Because I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of sermons and a lot of gospel music and praying a lot of prayers from the cab of that old pickup truck. I know God will hear you anywhere. But isn't it just wonderful coming to the house of the Lord? David put it this way. I remember going to the house of the Lord with the congregation of God on the holy day. Amen. On this holy day, get up and get ready and come to the house of the Lord with the Lord's people and worship Him like we have this morning and then pray for those that we love like we have today. Nothing wrong with that. But every once in a while, we ought to just come to the house of the Lord with the purpose in mind that we're going to walk down the aisle and we're going to pray for our friends. Lift them up in prayer. All right, enough said. Might not get much preaching done today, but we might not get as much preaching done today, but we got a lot of worshiping done. Amen? Got a lot of lifting up the Lord Jesus. Amen? Got a lot of hearts in tune with one another as we bound together in prayer. For each other in the house of the Lord. You found Isaiah 61 verse 1. If you'll stand with us please. In honor of the reading of the word of God. And, um, Isaiah 61 and verse 1. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. I can't even read this, so it's a good thing I know what I'm reading. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the uh, prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to, an to anoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto to them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations, and strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our God. Ye shall eat of the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Dear Lord, we pray you'd help us just for a few minutes as we look into the Word of God today. And we pray that you might speak to us through the pages of eternal truth. We'll give you praise for all you do among us. Where we make our prayer in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And you may be seated. So I, I want us to notice something here. This this is a familiar passage, not, not really so much because of Isaiah 61, 
That, that's really not why it's so familiar to us. As a matter of fact, it's just really the first part of this that is, that is really familiar to us. Now you think about that for a minute. And I'm going to read again the first part of it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to, build up, uh, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what's really familiar to us. We read the next part of verse 2. It says, And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Well, there's two or three parts of that verse that are kind of familiar to us. Beauty for ashes and, uh, and the oil for uh, 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 unto his glory for uh, heaviness. We've got that. But we've got that mainly because of the songs that we sing, to be honest. Because the rest of that verse is not so very familiar to us and certainly not the rest of this chapter. So why is it that this part of this passage of Scripture is so familiar to us? Well, the reason that it's so familiar to us is because Jesus quotes this verbatim when he, as a matter of fact, not only does he quote it, he reads it. <laughs> he reads it out of the Old Testament in Luke chapter number 4. And if you want to, you can turn over to Luke chapter number 4, and we're going to take note of a couple of things uh, about this event when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. So turn over to Luke chapter number 4, and let's take just a moment, and let's look at verses 17 to 21. In Luke chapter number 4, now let me just sort of put us in perspective. I'm not planning to preach for a very long time this morning, so let me lay the foundation before I get started, lest I get carried away and, uh, and leave you hanging. So this is at the very beginning of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so far what has happened in the ministry of Christ is, number one, his baptism. He went to the river Jordan and was baptized of John. Then from there he went straight into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted, and at the end of his fasting came the temptation. <laughs> By the way, just so you know, at the end of 40 days of fasting, Jesus would have physically been at his weakest point, would he have not? <laughs> Don't you know that Satan is always going to come to you at your weakest point? <laughs> yeah. Right after the mountaintop, right when, uh, right when you weren't expecting it, right when you were experiencing the letdown after the lift up. Amen? Have you ever noticed that? You know, January is the longest month of the year. Do you know why? Because it comes right after Christmas and New Year's. We've celebrated for a, for a, a little over a month, and then all the celebrations are over, and now everybody is like, oh. Our weak moment, weak point. Satan came to Jesus in his weak point. Then after that, he goes into the area of Galilee and he begins his earthly ministry. And, he, and as part of his earthly ministry, he reaches out and, and immediately, immediately people begin to talk about this man, Jesus. And so after that, he goes home. He goes to Nazareth. 
And this is what happens, his first trip to Nazareth after his baptism, his temptation, and the beginning of his ministry. And when he comes to Nazareth after he has begun his ministry, he comes into the synagogue. Now notice what happens when he gets into the synagogue. It tells us earlier in this that as his tradition was, he went up to the synagogue on the, on the Sabbath day. And then uh, in verse number 17 it says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now notice what it says. And he closed the book. He gave it to the minister and he sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and they began to say unto him and he began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now notice that. Jesus reads this passage of scripture but he stops right in the middle think about this now he stops right in the middle of a sentence. Think about that. Take a look. Take a look, if you would, to Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter number 61, and look at verse number two. Notice what it says. To, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. No. He stops at the comma. He, said, he reads this passage of scripture until he gets to this to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closes the book and he sits down. And he closed the book and gave it to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He stops in the middle of a sentence. To me, that is a very odd place to stop reading. Amen? I mean, it's, a, it's an odd place to stop. As a matter of fact, when I prepare my messages, I always mark what I'm going to read. And sometimes I will mark two, maybe even three verses more than I intend to even consider because I want to have the context and very, very rarely do I stop reading before the paragraph is over, let alone the sentence. I want to put you in the picture, right? I, I want us to have enough of this, the context of the scripture so that it all makes sense. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't, not only did he not finish the paragraph, he didn't even finish the sentence. Why would he do that? Well, Michael has given us the reason why he did that. I don't know if you've uh, pay, been paying a lot of attention to what he's been saying, but Michael has given us the reason, and it's this. A lot of the prophets of the Old Testament will give us a prophecy about the coming of the Lord. Now listen to me carefully. They give a prophecy about the coming of the Lord. 
But in that prophecy, there will be parts of that prophecy that have to do with the first coming of the Lord. And then there will be other parts of that exact same prophecy that have to do with the second coming of the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why, that's why it was so difficult for many of the scribes and Pharisees to understand what was happening with the Lord Jesus. They were reading the prophecy of the Messiah, but they were not able to divide the difference between his first coming and his second coming because so many of the Old Testament prophets gave, gave the prophecy with all of it included. And that is exactly what's taking place here. Jesus stands up and he reads this passage of Scripture and then he says to them today right now this passage of scripture is fulfilled in your ears and in your eyes and your experience and the reason he stopped at the comma is the last half of that verse has to do with the second coming of Christ not the first coming Notice, let's take a look at it carefully. All right, we're just going to take a couple of minutes. And we'll the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Isaiah is writing. This is what Jesus is going to quote uh, uh, when, he, when we get to the New Testament. We're in Isaiah chapter number 61. Okay, And he says this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So who is it upon? Who is the Spirit of the Lord on? He's on the Messiah. That's who the Spirit of the Lord is upon. He's upon. Now let me just say something to you. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon an individual, but he did not indwell that individual. The Bible says that David, that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him and he would play the harp and it would soothe King Saul. But then the Holy Spirit would leave. That'd be kind of rough, wouldn't it? No wonder they had mountaintop experiences and valley experiences so often in the Old Testament. It's because after the Holy Spirit was finished, then the Holy Spirit would leave. And so what, what, what he's saying here, Jesus is saying, I mean, what Isaiah is saying, there's coming someone and the Holy Spirit will always be with them. Now let me tell you something. Jesus was the very first man to walk the face of this earth who had the Holy Spirit with him every moment of every hour of every day. Now that doesn't mean that there were not moments when the Holy Spirit ministered to him, especially the Bible teaches us that there were moments in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ where the Holy Spirit came and ministered to him, especially as a matter of fact, the Bible says that even at times angels came and ministered to him, especially. But he always had the Holy Spirit because he was never not the Son of God. He was never not the Son of God. You say, preacher, why do you put it that way? Because he was also never not the Son of Man. And no matter how much of man he was, he was still 100% God. Whether he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to the Father to let this cup pass from, uh, pass from him or whether he was standing on the bow of the ship telling the wind and the waves what to do. He was God, a very God, every moment of every hour of every day from the moment of his conception in the womb of Mary until he died on the cross of Calvary until this very moment and throughout all eternity he is God and man at the same time. Explain that to me if you can. 
because I can't. We were talking about it the other day. Uh, Eric uh, Beamer and I, it's a good thing we don't have a God we can understand. <laughs> he sure would be small. Amen? We have a God that's too big for us. We have a God that's too grand for us, too majestic for us. We, he, he can't fill us fully like we would like to be filled because we couldn't stand it. But one day, glory, hallelujah, we're going to be living in a glorified body and we'll be able to take the glory of the Lord in its fullness throughout all eternity. That's what heaven is. You say heaven's a place. I, I believe that. But I think heaven is a glorified body that can take all of Jesus that I, can, that I could ever long for or yearn for. That's what heaven is. Amen? I could use an illustration here, but I don't want to take too long. Now, I'm about ready to wrap it up. But uh, that, that, that's what heaven is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I, I, I've got more on this. That I'm not going to take the time to do it, but just notice the ministry of the Messiah. Would you take note of that? So many times we want to minister to the high and to the mighty and to the noble and to the powerful. Notice who Jesus came. Notice who the Messiah was prophesied Jesus didn't just come and minister to these people. Hundreds of years before he arrived, Isaiah, by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, prophesied that this is who he was going to minister to. Who is he going to minister to? In his first coming, he is going to minister. He's going to minister to the meek. He's going to minister to the brokenhearted. He's going to minister to the captives. He's going to minister to the bound. That's who Jesus came to minister. That's who he came. That's who he came to love. That's who he came to invite for forgiveness. You say, preacher, I'd get saved, but I just don't think the Lord wants me. Well, the more that you believe that he doesn't want you, the more it would match up with the ones that he says he wants. Say, but preacher, I, I've been out in sin and it just tore me all to pieces and I'm bound by the power of sin. Oh, really? Because the Bible said Jesus came to set them free that were bound. You say, oh, preacher, I'm captive to my own habits and, 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 and I just can't break loose. That's interesting because in the Bible he said he came to set the captive free. You say, preacher, my life has been a shambles. I've had such a difficult time. Everywhere I've turned, I've had nothing but sorrow. My family has rejected me. My loved ones I want to have nothing to do with me. I'm so brokenhearted. I'm so wounded. I'm so ruined. No one could ever want me. The Bible said he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to people such as we are. That's who he came to. Isn't that amazing? I tell you, I, I want to preach on this idea of 
the fact that he was anointed and that he was filled with the Spirit. But, but I, I'm going to wait and I'm going to preach that next Sunday night because I, I, I want a little bit more time. So what, what am I saying here? I'm saying that when you get to verse number 2, it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And at that comma, that's where Jesus stops. Because Jesus is saying to them, I'm the Messiah. I'm the anointed one. That's what he said. He read this passage of scripture and then he said to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Today, today, right now, this is being fulfilled. The Messiah is here and I'm him. I'm the one. That's what he's saying. And this is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the, in other words, this is the appointed time. Do you remember he told Mary, his mother, at Cana of Galilee, and he said, my hour has not yet come? Now his hour has come. The moment has arrived. This is it. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the appointed time. This is when the Messiah was supposed to show up. And here he is, not a minute too early and not a moment too late. The Messiah came to our world. Amen. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. But notice what, he's, what, is, what Isaiah says that Jesus doesn't quote. He says this. Uh, he says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he says this, and the day of vengeance of our God Comfort all that mourn. The, the day of vengeance of our God is the day of the Lord. And when is the day of the Lord? It hadn't come yet. The day of the Lord is when the Lord comes back the second time. Now, I just want to finish this up this way this morning. If you're here this morning and you're wondering... Is it all really real? Well, let me just say this to you. If Isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 1 and verse 2a, then don't you think he's going to fulfill verse 2b and verse 3 and 4 and 5? Amen. I mean, you already did the first one. Amen. Some 400 prophecies all fulfilled in the person, life, death, resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. 400 prophecies. 33 and a half years, 400 prophecies fulfilled. Pretty amazing, isn't it? And some people doubt that this is truly the Word of God. <laughs> I've never doubted that. No, no, no. He did what he said he would do. He came the first time. You can count on it. He's coming the second time. He's coming. It's not a question of whether or not the Lord's coming back. He is. You say, when's he coming back? I don't know. They didn't know when he was coming the first time. That's why they got so confused. Amen? They didn't know when he was coming. Never. And they waited. They waited 400 years without one prophet. John the Baptist was the first prophet for 400 years. And now, all of a sudden, here's Jesus coming just like Isaiah said he would. Exactly, exactly. Like not only Isaiah, but all the other 
prophets, exactly like they said he was going to come. No, no, no deviation whatsoever from what they said about Jesus and what Jesus actually did. He's coming the second time. The question is not, is he coming? The question is not if he's going to divide the believers from the unbelievers. The Bible's very clear about that. He's going to divide them. The believers are going to go spend eternity with Jesus in, in glory and, and the unbelievers are going to spend eternity in hell. It's, and it's as clear as it can be. No, no question about that. The only question is, are you ready for that? Is Jesus Christ your Savior? Is He your Messiah? Has he forgiven you of your sin? Has he changed you by the power of his resurrection? Because all the rest of it is settled. It's settled from eternity past. He's coming back. Are you ready to meet him? I am so glad to say that I am. My Uncle Preston's very, very sick. Uh, I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if the Lord didn't heal him. They didn't expect him to live this long. He's, he's still living and he's at home and hospice is taking care of him. He's 91 years old. I tell you, he's a prince of men. My Uncle Preston was a prince of men. My, my Uncle Preston was a little bit legalistic, but you would have never known it talking to him. You wouldn't. You know why? Because it didn't matter how deep his convictions personally might have went, he still acted like he loved you every day of the week. He still talked to you with sweetness in his voice. He still lived with joy in his life. I can honestly say that I don't mind having to let him go because I know where he's going. Do I know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to bring the message this morning. Lord, somehow, somehow I just believe with all my heart that there's somebody here this morning that needs Jesus. They've heard about him. They've even thought about him. But they've never trusted him. They've never asked his forgiveness for their sins. They've never said, Lord... I believe you died on the cross of Calvary and rose the third day. Would you make me part of your family? Oh, Lord, may they know that there's nothing more wonderful in all the world than when a lost sinner comes and is made part of the family of God. And it only takes a moment. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're changed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light from the road to hell to the pathway to heaven from a lost condition to being found forgiven and given grace by the Lord Jesus Christ Lord whoever is here today and doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin Lord that person that really needs Jesus this morning May they not wait. May they not put it off. May they trust you now. May they trust you this morning. May they trust you in this invitation. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. What shall we sing? 